Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. You got your Mega Mac guys here for a Thursday St. Patty's Day edition of Birds 365. McMullen and McDonald going to chop it up with you for the next two hours. Uh, it's a uh, typical St. Patrick's Day for me because things are going in several different directions. Uh, when we get ready to do Birds 365 here, John and I hop on just before the show's about to start. I just mentioned that this was a little bit of a late start for him. I got up at my usual 6.15, and I've been writing down notes and preparing for the last hour and a half. And then McMullen tells me two minutes before the show's supposed to start, oh, how he got his extension. I said, where the hell did you see that? I've been looking at Eagles stuff all morning. He said, Kemsky just put it up uh, within the last two or three minutes. Well, it was about an hour ago. I think Was it an hour ago? I was on Philly Voice. Um, Well, he put it on Twitter. I don't know if he has it up on on the site yet, but... Um, any might, but I don't know. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was always expected. There, there, there were whispers, and Jimmy was able to lock it down. And, and good for him. Good job by Jimmy Kemsky. Um, you know, really back at the the combine, people were telling me, "Yeah, don't worry about it." <laughs> uh, and they gave him a three year extension, which aligns with Nick Sirianni got a four year deal. So that was always. You remember when we talked about it when it first came up? I sure. said typically you align it with the head coach, and there was never going to be any concern as there was never going to be a lame duck season where Harry Roseman was GMing for his job, if that's even a thing. People, you know, say that, but um, you know, so here's so- my. Let, let, I'm sorry to interrupt, but maybe I'm just not a math whiz. Uh, Sirianni got a. Four-year four year deal. deal, and how we had one year left from uh, from Doug, right? Uh, from the original extension, from not his, but he's been here for a long time. Um, and now he gets a three-year deal. So Nick's got three years left on his deal. How he's got three years left on his deal. So, so now they align, um, and they're together, which is the way you should do it. The only question for the Howie Roseman haters. You know, this is the only GM in history that's uh, not his history, but the only current GM I'd have to go back a very long time that has hired uh, three different head coaches. So people kind of say, you know, you typically don't have this kind of shelf life in that job in the NFL. We always talk about shelf life and why is this guy? Look, I'm on record. I've gotten killed for it. This is a this is a very good general manager. Very good. I've called him top five. I got excoriated for that uh, on social media, as you can imagine. 
at worst, he's top 10. At worst, if you want to argue, uh, there's a lot of recency bias and guys who've had a good season, you'll say he's better. But this guy's been around a long time. And I already see it with the young GMs who get hired. Man, there's a lot of growing pains. They make a lot of mistakes from a technical standpoint. And I get the biggest thing from a fan perspective is always going to be player evaluation, and understandably so. I get it. I mean, that's the biggest part of the job. But it's still only a small part of a big job. And, you know, the cap stuff is a perfect example. I mean, guys make a lot of cap mistakes. And there are certain guys, and you, Mickey Loomis is another one like this. You know, we go through this every year, Jody where people say because the Saints have been in that all-in sort of mind uh, frame for a very long time at the end of Drew Brees' career, you know, for a decade, uh, in Sean Payton, they tried to win every year. So there was a lot of immediacy trying to get players to win for that particular year, and that hurts you on the cap, and you got to push things around. you got to manipulate things, and everybody says, well, the Saints are, the Saints can't do anything. The Saints can't do anything. Oh, they're in on Deshaun Watson, and they're, they can do anything because their GM is so savvy. That's kind of the Eagles as well. They can do anything, and they proved it last year with Carson Wentz. Um, when and, and I'm in that camp, I said, you can't take on that dead money. You can't take on that cap hit. I take that, you know, I'll raise my hand. I said, they can't do that. Oh, they did it, and they made the playoffs. I, You know, I mean, that's a big part of this job, and I know people don't really care about it, and I get that part of it, but he, he he's a very good general manager. I get the frustration of people, but he's a very good general manager. And, and if you were to fire him and bring in a new general manager, I, I'll just say this. You'd have a lot of growing pains, a lot of growing pains. Cap management is an underrated skill of a general <laughs> manager. You and I see that exactly the same. But again, it's St. Patrick's Day, and I promise you, I have not had a green beer yet. I may have several after this show is over and done with, but I have not. But I'm struggling with math here this morning. Howie Roseman was on the last year of his contract, starting with the new year today, uh, yesterday, as a matter of fact. They had a year to go. If he signed the three-year extension, that means he's under contract for four more years. Sirianni is under contract for three more years. And you just said you like to keep those two guys aligned, but my math tells me, how he's extended a year further. When we say three-year extension, does that mean we're not counting this year, which he was already under contract for? Is it actually you know, I don't a have, two-year I don't, extension? I don't, I don't have um, the details. I, you know, Jimmy reported it was a three-year extension. Um, you know, typically, I said typically you want to align head coaches and, and general managers, um, you know, maybe Nick got a five-year deal. Um, my guess is they're aligned. Now, if they're under contract through 2024, 2025, I'm just texting people now. My my guess is they're aligned. So uh, typically that's what you do. I don't see why the Eagles would, you know, give Howie an extra year than, than Nick. Um, 
So my guess, and it's just a guess, is that they're aligned. Um, okay. So whatever, whether that's through 2024 to, through 2025, uh, that's my guess, is that they're on the same time frame. Gotcha, but we don't know for sure is, yeah. is what you're saying. Fair enough. I just um, try to do my own math here, and it wasn't exactly adding up. All right. <clears throat> so Howie Roseman is in front of his desk, cracking down as we speak, trying to figure out more moves for the Eagles to make. It became official yesterday that Hassan Reddick is a Philadelphia Eagles three-year, $45 million deal with signed shield and delivered. Uh, his former running mate in Arizona, uh, Chandler Jones, signed yesterday uh, for more money, three years, 51. So certainly more than Hassan got at three and 45. Um, who do you think got the better deal, uh, Hassan Reddick and or Chandler Jones? Well, you got to see the mechanics of the deal, and when they get filed, uh, same thing. But uh, average annual ballot, and again, these are all contracts uh, put out by agents, and they're going to spin them to be the best possible, um, you know, for their particular client. Um, my guess is Chandler got the better deal because of his name, and his. There's a lot of things that go into it, and he was expected to be the number one guy and um, you know, Tyvon Miller got a deal that on, you know, it's not going to look nearly as good when the truth of that contract comes out. But I got to tell you, Jody, I didn't see Von Miller going to Buffalo. That was a, that was a big surprise to me. And it kind of tells you Buffalo's going all in, but um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of hard to speculate on, on the surface. I assume he got the best deal. Uh, Chandler Jones uh, from, you know, a two-year perspective, which is kind of all that matters in free agency, uh, which is understandable. And I think, you know, people, we just talked about it with Howie at the beginning of the show. I think when the Reddick numbers are filed, and that should be very soon, and they might be, I got to look at that as well. Um, I, people are going to be very happy with that deal. People are going to be very happy with that deal. Uh, because if it was spun as three years, 45, it's going to look much better on paper for the Eagles. Well, they usually do. They're your point on the early <clears> reporting <throat> of these usually come from Aidens, who are going to make it look as good as possible for the player is very much on point. That's that's the way the NFL has been running for years. The agents release the numbers first, and then you get them from the teams afterward. You go, Oh, okay. I see what's actually <laughs> exactly. in these numbers here. Um, so we got, and that's everybody. Both. That's not just that's ninety nine percent of contracts, by the way. Not just Hassan Reddick, but it's kind of what I what I said with Howie. Howie's usually a little bit better uh, than other people, and there are certain there are people in the conversation. Mickey Loomis is one of them, um, but he's he's ten generally at the top of that list, and and you have to give Jay's Jake Rosenberg, a lot of credit as well. I'll give him a shout out. Fair enough. Um, I, I'm very interested to see those numbers because, you know, you and I debated uh, before free agency kicked in. You said you thought that Chandler Jones would be a better signing for the Eagles. I said Hassan Reddick because he's younger, plain and simple. That's the difference. Is Chandler Jones a more specific defensive end, not someone that you're going to have to get creative with and find different ways to use and uh, make him a productive player in your defense? Yeah, of course he is. But I'll, I'll lean on the side of youth 
that Hassan Reddick's certainly already where he is and is less likely to have a drop-off in production in Chandler Jones. You might see a drop-off in Jones this upcoming year with Vegas. Vegas surely hopes that's not the case since they just signed it, but that age 32, at some point, even the best of the best pass rushers start to drop off, and I think Chandler Jones is right on the, the precipice of that. And uh, the one thing I, I, I kind of laughed at when I was reading the uh, story on the signing of Jones to uh, Vegas. And immediately thereafter, the Raiders traded Yannick Ngakwe to the mm-hmm. Indianapolis Colts. Jay Mack, you and I weren't partners. I might have been having you on my show at the time uh, when uh, Yannick Ngakwe was the most desired player in Philadelphia. Everybody and his brother wanted the Eagles to trade for Yannick Ngakwe when he was a member of the Jacksonville Jaguars, which is now a couple of years ago. What has Yannick Ngakwe done since he left Jacksonville? (laughs) Next to nothing would be my answer. Well, one, I got to defend myself. Rob Motti was on the show. I, I said there's, Rob said it first, and then I said, you know, I agreed when there were these strange whispers at the end of free agency that the Eagles might try to make a big splash with Chandler Jones. I said, DJ, he doesn't seem like an Eagles type signing for me because of his age, 32. But you never know with these splashy things. And if they could get some kind of deal, you never say never, uh, some kind of discount. Uh, but there were these weird whisperings of the Eagles and Chandler Jones. Uh, they always go that that's sort of the Eagles mentality. You want to go for that young player off his rookie deal uh, typically. And when you don't, you, you typically want a one year short-term deal and Chandler Jones was always going to get more than that. So I just wanted to clear up the Chandler Jones part of the equation. Um, As far as Yannick and Dockway, look, the guy, this is, this is one of my concerns one, and I'm not trying because I think Hassan Reddick is a better is a better player than Yannick Ndogwe. Um, he can rush the passer. I'm talking about Yannick Ndogwe. Can't do anything else. I mean, can't do anything else. He might be one of two or three worst run support defensive ends in the NFL. And what, what do I always say about March, Jody? Nobody gives a bleep about the run game in March from an offensive perspective or a defensive perspective. And I go, Oh, let's get it in Dockway. It's been four teams and four. I can't even keep up with it. But Minnesota, Rick Spielman, part of his sort of downfall. He's another great cap guy, but sort of his downfall was when, when players would get injured, he would panic. We know it best in Philadelphia with uh, um, ever uh, uh, Sam Bradford. Um, so I think that year it was uh, Daniel Hunter was out with his neck injury um, and he panicked and he, and he traded for Yannick Ndokwe. He could rush the pass or terrible at everything else. Um, so then they trade him to Baltimore. Now Baltimore's a, a, a really good organization. Typically they make a lot of good decisions. Um, they figure out very quickly. He can rush the passer. Can't Oops. do anything else. Um then he goes out to Las Vegas. The first couple games, people are raving about this guy because he's, you know, he's opposite Max Crosby. They got these two great pass rushers. And all of a sudden, the season wears on. And they realize, oh, this guy's a liability. And now he's in Indianapolis. Uh, yeah, I he, he can't. 
people don't care about the running game until they see it on the field and they go, this guy's a stinking liability. And Indianapolis, which has a reputation, even though they traded for Carson Lentz, they have a reputation to be a smart organization. And they're going to find out the same thing, Jody. People are in love with pass rushers. Same with quarterbacks. You know, it's great when guys can do certain things, but if you're not well-rounded, it's going to show up eventually. One trick pony. That's what Yannick Ngakwe was. And as everyone was clamoring for his services here in Philadelphia, I was a guy who continued <clears> to say, thank you, no. Not, not only am I not going to give up what is being uh, reported on his price tag to be for Jacksonville, I don't want the guy, period. Uh, I, like you, no, no, noticed and knew that he was absolutely a liability with run defense. And even though I'm a sack guy, you're a guy who uh, will be okay with pressures. If you get your fair number of sacks, you get a whole bunch of pressures, you're okay with Johnny Mack. No, I need sacks. I need guys to finish. That's he can one of the finish. He can. The one thing, Yannick, like he's a perfect example of a big sack guy who's, you know, he's going to be a big sack guy, but he's not going to, he's going to be a liability is the best way. Because I'm not going to say he doesn't offer some things because not everybody can rush the passer like he can. And it's very intoxicating. But if you can't do anything else, I mean, it's gonna it's gonna hurt eventually. It and and it's hurt in so many different cities now. How many did I name? I can't even. He went through the fast four. He's on his fourth team in less than four years. Is it? This is five. So it's Jacksonville, Minnesota, um, uh, Baltimore, Las Vegas, and, and Indy will now. be his fifth team, right? Yeah. So, I mean, if you're a good player. You're not bouncing around to that many teams. Same thing I say with Carson Wentz. I mean, if you're good, you're not bouncing around to three teams in three years. I mean, bottom line. Now, I I kind of projected, predicted that Ngakwe sacks were going to drop off, and they have done just that. So even though he was a guy who could get home in Jacksonville, like you said, it's been three stops, and he hasn't put up uh, top-flight sack numbers in any of the other ones, and I don't expect them to do it in Indianapolis either. Uh, we shall see. Um, so, yes, yesterday was the official day that Hassan Reddick became a Philadelphia Eagle, but no other outside entries to the world of Philadelphia football. Uh, kind of a slow day. Uh, Howie Roseman got nothing done, but not that many teams around the league did. We mentioned Chandler Jones going through the Raiders was certainly the biggest play. No other really major signings, just some more drama in the Deshaun Watson conversation as a fourth team was added he actually took it on the road went home to atlanta the falcons in the mix and i'll continue to ask it and and it's just me being an observer from outside i'm not suggesting that what are the eagles doing how are the eagles screwing this up they have to get to sean watson uh jalen hurts isn't good enough no none of that is in play here my only question is why no eagles why, why aren't they at least in this conversation? Are you telling me that they can't merit a we, – we talked all offseason, all season, John, after the Eagles had, <clears throat> uh, accumulated all their draft capital to be a player in something like this, and the Atlanta Falcons are getting a meeting, and the Cleveland Browns are getting a meeting. 
is it just the fact that Deshaun Watson not only said, yeah, I'd prefer not to go to Philadelphia, but I'm not going to Philadelphia. The Eagles aren't good enough to take on my services. That's the only thing that's bothering me. If they get him, they get him. If they don't, they don't. I'll be okay with it either way. I'll go back to war with Jalen Hurts. But the fact that other teams, if he's meeting with a, a top flight team that's got a chance to go to the Super Bowl next year, all right, I'll, I'll understand that. Okay, that's his preference. But he's meeting with all these teams that aren't contenders, aren't anywhere near on the level of the Eagles as of right now. And the Eagles can't even get a meeting. Yeah, I want to know the answer as to why. I'm sorry. Um, and, and maybe you'll get it. I'll, I have, I think somewhat of an answer, but I can't say it. I'll tell it to you off the air. Um, and then I'll, I'll, I'll just say that, uh, um, it has nothing to do with roster construction or players or anything like that. Well, it does have to do with a player, but it doesn't have to do with, uh, playoff, uh, uh, implications or anything of that nature, which is kind of what I speculated. There's always other stuff. Now he wants, I think he wants to play in the South. He's an Atlanta kid. He's a Georgia kid. Um, not Atlanta, but Gainesville, Georgia. Um, uh, it, it, you know, so that kind of explains the Falcons a little bit in new Orleans. Uh, you know, that's a place a lot of people want to be in. Uh, just because it's a fun and especially younger people, it's fun. It's a cool city, blah, blah, blah. Uh, we know Miami and, and, and the original. So I think he wants to be in the South. Uh, but I do think, and I've said that pretty consistently, it's got nothing to do with him looking at film and saying, oh, the Eagles have terrible players. It's got, it's got nothing to do with that. Um, Never believed that for a second. And this is a weird and wild story. This is a weird story. You got people insisting that Deshaun Watson is coming to Philadelphia. I shut it down yesterday on Twitter. I shut it down. I said, look, this is either the best, uh, the best example of discipline subterfuge in NFL history. Uh, or, you know, if Howie's going to pop up like whack-a-mole or Deshaun's going to say, gotcha. Um, I mean, these teams are meeting with Deshaun Watson with owners and head coaches and the biggest profile GMs and the biggest profile people in the organizations, four different teams. They've, they've, they've given trade proposals. If the Eagles have been able to keep this quiet, I will be the first. I told everybody you can freeze in cold. Take me, you know, send the tweet off, do whatever you want to do. Because this will be the greatest subterfuge in NFL history if the Eagles are in on Deshaun Watson. That's that's how I'm framing it yeah, at I this see, point. I see what you're saying. And again, let me just get my position out there. If they don't get Deshaun Watson, I'm not pitching a, a fit. I'm not going, Howie Roseman blew this. Deshaun Watson's an idiot for not coming. All I want to know is why. I want an explanation because there are, there, there's a narrative to be driven that would make the Eagles a major contender for a guy like Deshaun Watson. And as you just correctly pointed out, they're not even in the picture. They, they, they're one of the other teams in the NFL have no use for Deshaun Watson. The, guess what? 
The Green Bay Packers aren't getting a meeting with Deshaun Watson either. Oh, I can understand. Why not? They kind of got this Rodgers guy that they just gave $50 million plus to per year. So, of course, they're out. The Eagles are out, and they've got Jalen Hurts. I, I just want some answers. I'm not complaining about it. I'm not saying, oh, my God, Howie Roseman is screwing this up. Oh, my God, Deshaun Watson is screwing us by not even looking at it. All I want is some answers. I'm going to text you a potential answer. Okay. Uh, you just can't talk about it yet. Right, this is to be uh, determined. Okay, I got yeah. you. I got your drift. Um, and we got to get to Joe. So I'll text you that during the break, and we'll bring our buddy Joe Santa Liquido on uh, from Philly Boys and Bleeding Green Nation. It's it's BL. It's 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 Bleeding Green Nation Day. We're gonna have BLG as well. So Joe Santa Colito of Philly Voice and Bleeding Green Nation is next. Uh, our buddy BLG, Bernalee Gouton, a little bit later. We'll be here for another hour and change on Birds 365. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank.
John McMullen, John McDonald, your Mega Mag Birds 365 guys here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Happy St. Patrick's Day, everybody. This is one of the few days of the year where I actually will break my own rule of not having an alcoholic beverage before noon. Uh, don't know if I'm going to go there today or not. Still to be determined. But uh, happy St. Patty's Day, everybody. We've got a good Irishman joining us here. On the show. <laughs> What's up, guys? I, I, Kind of tough to make Santa Laquito into an Irishman, but we'll give it our best shot. How you been, Joe? What's up, guys? How you doing? Good to see you, Joe. Uh, good to, good to get you back on the show. It's it's that time of year for uh -huh. Joe Santa Laquito. So, you know, uh, it's the spring. Carson Wentz has got to be home. So I guess I guess we'll say it's an annual trip. It's sort of like St. Patty's Day. We can put down a date on the calendar and say, mm -hmm. oh, Carson's going to go to a new team. Quarterback <laughs> one, but for team number three, a lot of validation for your original reporting. Nice. Recently, now you and I have known about this for many years, mm -hmm. but recently a couple of players talked about, so now we can talk about it. Mm -hmm. The, the I, I wouldn't say famous, but uh, shoving match leading up to the Super Bowl mm -hmm. with Darren Sproles, mm -hmm. um, you know, which people are surprised at. Uh, because, you know, what kind of guy Darren Sproles is. But, yeah, I mean, a lot of insecurity, a lot of uh, personality as far as being an introvert versus extrovert uh, with Carson Wentz. Just a lot of people taking his uh, personality the wrong way versus Jalen Hurts, the Eagles' current quarterback, who mm. sort of has that natural ability to – to draw people in is that sort of a fair assessment of of the two sort of leadership styles i would say that i would say that's absolutely correct yes yeah yeah carson again um i believe carson has the uh he certainly has the cerebral intelligence uh to turn around and 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 see things i still well obviously i think we know by now i i, I don't know if he well, he doesn't have the emotional intelligence right now. I think he's capable of doing it. You know, we've seen him make uh, overtures in that direction uh, when he was uh, at the tail end of his uh, stay here in Philadelphia. Uh, I'm going to cringe by saying this, but I think maybe it's a big reason for it. If you remember the infamous dinner where he took all the guys out and it may have had something to do with a little story on January 21st, 2019. Um, he wanted to bond with these guys and that was the thing, too, guys, is that when I was gathering this stuff three years ago, people want to bond with him. They want to embrace him. They want to take him in. And and here, the impression I've always gotten was, was that it was once that was pushing back and just saying, hey, hey, wait a second here. Um, and and that's on that's on Wentz. And it, it seems as if it's always been on Wentz. He's had this he's. He's awkward in, in large situations, in large locker room situations. If you guys remember the number of times uh, he was barely around, and then again, quarterbacks is, quarterbacks are barely around, starting quarterbacks are barely around in NFL locker rooms. But I would go out to numerous social events with the guys uh, and, and various charitable events and things of that nature, and you would see 80% of the guys, 90% of the guys, 99.9% .9 of the guys. And the one guy that was uh, invariably missing was, was, was Wentz. So uh, this is his uh, last stop motel. Uh, I would not be surprised if two years from now, I, I see him playing in 2022 and 
2023. But I wouldn't be surprised if after the age of 30 or maybe even, you know, depending upon what happens next season, he just says, you know, the hell with this. He's collected his money. He does have a Super Bowl ring. He is responsible for getting the Eagles that Super Bowl ring in 2017. Not solely responsible, obviously, but he is a major, major reason why they won the Super Bowl in 2017. And um, it's reached the point where, you know, do I want to put myself through this grind again? His uh, his body, as we know, uh, has a history of breaking down. So um, uh, I, I will say this. It, it, it does add a, a whole lot of fun when the Eagles will be playing the commanders, Commander Carson, I believe they're calling him, Washington. Yeah, that was awkward. You know, poor Carson, even the social media. I've said, look, if I have an agent, a big-time agent, uh, Mike McCartney or somebody like that, I I would tell Mike, I said, look, you know, I'll sign. I'll I'll take a few less shekels if I don't have to do this goofy social media stuff because these guys come off like so awkward. I feel bad for them. Carson, you know, remember when he signed his big extension here and him and Jeffrey Lurie did that awkward, that might be the most awkward video of all time with those two trying to look natural. I feel bad for those guys. And Carson had to go out there and talk about taking command, taking command. What a terrible nickname that is. But, um, oh, yeah. by the way, by the way, that will switch. And I think it'll switch very soon. It'll certainly switch in, in, in cities like Dallas. Philadelphia and New York, they will soon be the Washington commies. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody thinks about these things. We'll see how that politically goes. All right. Uh, Here's a question I have for you, Joe, when it comes to Carson Wentz, and I'm going to mix a couple of sports here. I'm a Doc Rivers fan. I've been long before he became the Sixers coach, and I thought they got an excellent coach when they got him. Sometimes he does things that make me scratch my head, and I'll call him on the carpet, on the air. But I overall still think he's a dynamite coach. He just got voted one of the 15 greatest coaches in the history of the NBA. Enough said. But I was very critical of him in that I thought he enabled Ben Simmons, that he defended him at every single turn. He called Philadelphia fans and all the Philadelphia people, how can you not understand this man's a treasure? He's buried treasure up in Brooklyn, but I digress. But I I thought that it was just major mishandling by Doc Rivers. Did the Eagles enable Carson Wentz? My God, yeah. Yeah, and that was a big problem. I equate it to a spoiled child. And that's why, uh, at least with the original story, that's why guys were so... That's why guys lurked in the shadows, we'll say, uh, when it came to expressing themselves. And certainly, and I think John will attest to that too. Uh, I don't think anybody was like completely overt in coming out and saying things. And, and, and originally, again, if you guys remember, uh, I got accused of, you know, you're seeking out guys that don't like Wentz. Well, I didn't know anybody that didn't like Wentz. And again, I go back to how the whole thing started, walking out after the Dallas game, after the Dallas loss on Sunday night at the link in Philadelphia, and making what I thought was an innocuous comment that, you know, hey, Mike Groh's really screwing this up. And the guys turned around and goes, Joe, it's not Groh. You know, it's 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 Wentz. He's doing this, this, and it's basically all the things that we know now. And and that 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 shocked me. And then when I went back, you know, there again, I was I was the one that people came to. I wasn't lurking. I wasn't the one that was going out and, you know, what what could I dig up on this and what could I dig up on that? No, this happened all by happenstance. And in the beginning, at least this was volunteered to me 
And then it was up to me in getting out of uh, my own thick-headed way, just like, hmm, there might be something here. And then finally, uh, after getting knocked on the head a few times, uh, yeah, that's that's when I turned around and, and started cracking my own engines up. Uh, but I remember going to uh, to Matt Mo, and I remember going to Evan Macy uh, uh, at the uh, Philly Voice. I said, you know, listen, there's these guys. Are, some of these guys are talking here a little bit, and and that's where it be, be, be that's where it started to begin. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, I, again, I'd like to think, and I was hoping how crazy this may sound, considering I'm supposed to be a once hater. I am not. I'm not a hater of anyone. Uh, I was actually hoping he would do well in Indianapolis. I know someone there, a very, very, very prominent cult, that if Wentz did well, this very, very prominent cult <laughs> would do well as well. And uh, they still did well. But in the end, uh, Carson did what Carson's been prone to do. And uh, the Eagles have that uh, crack at this guy two times a year, at least, at least I think, for the next two years. Uh, I don't know if he's going to play beyond that. But, uh, you know, he – again, the hope is that he gets out of his way. It's like uh, a beautiful girl that has her quirks and one boyfriend says to another, dude, watch yourself with her. And it still happens. It's <laughs> a good point. Um, so now let's take it back in to Philadelphia, the Novacare complex, that particular locker room, Joe, because you're, you're writing for, uh, Bleeding Green Nation these days as well. I saw you put up a piece yesterday with her uh, buddy Barrett Brooks. Yeah, yeah. Boy, this is an interesting disconnect because Barrett's got, um, you know, basically Deshaun Watson in Philadelphia. He's not the only one. I got a text from uh, another former player who thinks the Eagles are getting Deshaun Watson. And I shut this thing down last night. Mm -hmm. I, I'm like, this is, look. I mean, this has been above board from everybody else's perspective and everybody else who's gotten a meeting, New Orleans, um, Atlanta, Carolina, Cleveland. Um, everybody's meeting with Deshaun Watson from owners to GMs um, to head coaches. Um, it, this is the greatest subterfuge of all time. I, I don't know if you heard me be, while you were in the green room, Joe, but I mean, if the Eagles are in on this, this is amazing. I've never seen anything like it. If they've been able to keep it at this quiet, I, I I'd be it, impressed. I give it credit on two, two reasons. One, we all know Barrett. We all know how much of a stand-up guy Barrett is. Uh, we know how uh, well-connected Barrett is. So it comes from Barrett, uh, whose word is gold with me, like, like the two of you. Uh, so it comes from Barrett and secondly uh, so that lends legitimacy to it and secondly I, I like to say Howie is the king of Shadow Nation <laughs> Howie is the king he's the guy lurking in the woods he's the guy turning around behind the pillar Ooh, I see things you know and I that's where I, I, I turn around and I'm thinking it wouldn't shock me it wouldn't really shock me. It wouldn't blow me off my doors where I'm falling off my chair if I hear out of the blue that the Eagles have signed Deshaun Watson. Because if you remember, I believe the Eagles were not exactly in the Michael Vick category either. The Eagles. No, but that, that was different from this perspective. Dude. This okay. has been so very public from everybody else's standpoint because that's the way Deshaun and his agent uh, uh, have wanted it. And, mm -hmm. you know, people have had, and by the way, Houston as well is in that conversation as well. 
uh, because they wanted people to um, uh, uh, basically give their trade proposals. In mm -hmm. other words, give us your trade proposal and then we'll approve our side of the meeting and then we'll see if Deshaun wants to meet with you because of the no trade clause. So everything's been so public, whereas Mike, you know, there weren't, uh, this wasn't this grandiose, you know, at the time Mike was coming out of federal prison. He was obviously a tremendously talented player, but he wasn't a 26-year-old at the top of his game, at the height of his career, who's arguably a top five quarterback in the world. A little bit different from that perspective, but I will say to your point, and I'll add this for Jody, because I have been able to confirm how he assigned through 2025, so is Nick, so they are aligned. Um, uh, why are people complaining about Howie Roseman? There's going to be a group of people complaining. If he's this good as his, his job, yeah, why aren't the Eagles extending him? Is that a problem? I think there's some proof here that still has to take place. Um, Harry Roseman, uh, he, he, he did the right things. He pushed the right buttons. That 2017 Super Bowl ring uh, does have some longevity. And you said you put it on to, is it 20, 2027? So he, he gets it. I'm sorry, 2025. So he bought himself an eight-year window with that, certainly. Uh, and and again, he's he does have a habit of coming out of the blue. I don't think Many thought the Eagles were players in the Hassan Reddick situation, and he turns around and pulled that off. So I give Howie a lot of credit when it comes to, again, lurking in the woodwork, sneaking behind the pillars, and coming up with things that no one else expects. And again, uh, John, you're completely correct in terms of the, as you look at the whole context of things when it comes to that Vic situation, but he did come out of the blue with that. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that, and that, I just put that nugget out there as proof that he is king of the shadow kingdom. He does have a habit, a very good habit of being the lurker, the guy that turns around and says, Oh, who's that silhouette in the distance? Well, they don't know. It's Howie Roseman. Uh, all right, all right, all right. Well, then, if, if Deshaun Watson's out of play, we'll just put him to the side. And I uh, still have my questions, but uh -huh. there's nothing we can do about it right now. Who is he lurking on? If it's not Deshaun Watson, what other lurking? What other pillar is Howie behind that he's going to pop out from behind and get something done here, Santa Laquito? Because they could still use a veteran quarterback, mm -hmm. cornerback. Mm -hmm. They can still use a veteran safety. They can surely use a veteran wide receiver. Guys have come off the board. None of those positions are barren yet. There are still some available veteran guys, but – uh, the top of the top might have uh, come off and the Eagles might not have been players in that neighborhood anywhere. Who, who else is he lurking on to upgrade this team? Well, I think right now, a lot of the, uh, a lot of their, uh, their apples will say have been put in the Deshaun Watson basket or the basket of what, what can we do to improve at quarterback? Uh, they do have that hammer uh, of uh, three first round draft picks Um uh, so you I mean, don't you're still believing they're going to get involved in this, huh? Oh, I, I actually I think they are involved in it. I don't know how deeply they're involved in it, but I still won't. I still will maintain that they're involved in this. And and I think um, again, it wouldn't shock me if 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 it happens. So um, you know, they had their draft board set. They have those three what whoever three picks they're they're taking a look at. I I think we all agree what areas they should target. 
but I, I still believe that they have, there is, there is interest. I, I don't, I can't weigh the interest. I don't know the interest. It's, it's not been fed back to me as the level of interest, but there's still an interest in uh, Deshaun Watson. And, and, uh, you know, when you look at Howie, you look at his track record, well, he won with a franchise type quarterback uh, with uh, Donovan McNabb. Uh, they got to the Super Bowl again in 2017 with what they thought was their franchise type quarterback in Carson Wentz and, and Nick Foles came in and, and did his thing. Uh, he's had this thing with uh, getting, again, nailing that down, getting that position down, and then we'll build around that. I, I, I feel, actually, I kind of feel bad for, for Jalen Hurts because I, I think it's, and he has to be smart enough to realize, well, they think I'm good, but they just don't think I'm good enough. And, and Jalen has to look at himself too. Because Jalen does kind of he does kind of fit into that category of being good, but not good enough, and um, it's it's really a conundrum. Because the Eagles, you know, moving forward, they're going to be decent, they're going to be competitive, but do they want to be forever that team uh, that finishes nine and eight or eight and nine every year, and that gets knocked out in the first round of the playoffs? They need someone, they need someone dynamic to push them over the top, and obviously that that starts with the quarterback. Yeah, it is an interesting contradiction, Joe, because, you know, Howie has spoken most recently, talked with Dave Spadaro, and he used that sort of language that, you know, he wasn't talking about Jalen or Deshaun specifically, but he was just talking in generalities and said, well, if you want to be like what they were last year and win nine games, go to the playoffs, uh, uh, you know, overachieve from their perspective, at least a little bit, you can do that, but you got to swing for the fences when it comes to personnel. Um, if you want to, and I believe you used the, if you want the confetti coming down on your head at, in other words, win the Super Bowl. Um, so it has been this interesting sort of disconnect when they talk about Jalen Hurts and they say, well, we got to build around Jalen Hurts and you and I've been around this, league as much as you know as long as we have and you understand don't listen to them watch what they do i've always thought the eagles want to upgrade a quarterback i just don't think they have the path to upgrade a quarterback so i think they've been very savvy to you know publicly give those votes of confidence to jalen hurts but i want to ask this because i want to bring carson back into it and all the you know i don't think they have to worry about it this time before they had to worry about it. Could you imagine? It didn't even happen. But Carson thought it happened. In other words, they gave him $128 million. We know. Funny money. But significant money. Largest contract in, in uh, franchise history. Uh, at the time, NFL history. Uh, obviously, that keeps going up and up and up and up. Um, and he still was upset that the Eagles drafted a kid in the second round that they had all they wanted was a cheap backup quarterback because they had to pay the starter so much. Mm-hmm. In this yeah. particular case, though, Jalen, you can go do whatever you want, try to get Deshaun Watson, try to get Russell Wilson, try to get pie in the sky, even try to go get Aaron Rodgers, which was never going to happen. It's not going to affect Jalen Hurts, yeah. which yeah. is a nice position to be in. Yeah, it's a beautiful position to be in, and, and that's just it. If the if the roles were reversed a few uh, a few years back now with Jalen Hurts and Carson Wentz, 
Jalen would have said, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to continue fighting for my job. I don't care who you draft it in the second round. I'm going to yeah. continue to turn around and push. And that's the difference between the two guys. That's regrettably. That's why Carson Wentz is with his third team in three years. Uh, that's why the Eagles, if you think about it, the Eagles made the playoffs and the Carson Wentz and the Indianapolis Colts didn't. Pretty amazing. Yeah. Pretty yeah, amazing. Not, though, <laughs> I didn't pick the Colts to make the playoffs, so I can say, honestly say I was not surprised. You thought they, they were going to make them, though. Tell the truth, Jody. At the end of the season, when they just needed one win in, and one in of those two games in was against Jack. Yeah, they, but it was the final two games. Yeah. And one of the final two games was, was Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, I said, well, they're going to make them. They're going to beat Jacksonville at the bare minimum. That was an amazing collapse. And, mm-hmm. you know, one of the reasons why Carson's not there, let's be honest. Before the season started, I did not have the Indianapolis Colts making the playoffs. And when they did not make the playoffs. So I, you're not going to admit you at least were wavering when you saw. Oh, here's all they what to I'm admitting to. I told you so. They weren't making the playoffs. They didn't make the playoffs. Jody will never bid anything. God bless you. You were wavering. I know it. I Except for the fact I didn't. Other than that, you're right. I wavered. Oh, but I didn't. Um, All right. Let's not uh, waver on Howie Roseman since he got his contract extension. My wavering is, although you're not wavering, good for you, San Luis Guido. You're clinging to Deshaun Watson still coming here. I'm kind of possibly. Possibly. I'm saying that he's going to be. The Eagles are still players in this. I think that ship has sailed on with J-Mac on this. I just want to know why the hell it it has come to where we are. We don't have all the answers yet, and I want the answers. Not that I'm going to scream bloody murder, but they didn't get it done, just I want to know why. Um, Is Howie Roseman being aggressive with the other positions? If you are at least onto something that they're still in the mix and they're still trying to get a meeting and they're still trying to get someone to talk to Sean Watson into putting their name on the list. In the meantime, this Eagles team still has holes. They have this draft capital that they're going to be able to use however they choose to use it. But free agency is clicked off another day on the calendar, and they still have holes. Is Howie Roseman dropping the ball here, in your opinion? If he's still waiting and putting all of his uh, so-called apples in that one basket. Now, John, help me out here. I don't know the exact sum. But it's a very large sum that they have to play with now, don't they? And that's also in the back of my mind thinking they're going to make a play with Deshaun Watson. There is – how much they, – they have quite a bit to play with. Uh, well, they? comparatively speaking, they started the process. I think they were sixth in the NFC. So compared to where they were, mm-hmm. uh, they have a lot of space. Obviously, coming off the Carson dead money issue last year mm-hmm. was – a really different perspective, but they don't have a ton of money. They don't have Jacksonville jets money. Um, so I think, you know, for instance, if they were to pull off the miracle uh, and be able to acquire to Sean Watson, they'd have to do some different things. I mean, they, they, they would have to tweak some things. Uh, they would have to make some other moves to make Deshaun fit. Uh, because of his uh, large financial outlay. So right now I'm just looking at it. So when you factor in over the caps, got him at uh, 15, 15.6 as, as cap space right now. So, you know, they can do what they want basically, um, but they don't have that Jacksonville money that they can just 
give Christian Kirk and pay him like he's the greatest receiver that ever lived. I, uh, well, like I said, that's just it's still I'm not gonna I'm not gonna waver off of the move that they I still think they're players in Deshaun Watson sweepstakes and 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 also doubling down on this if you want to say they are also well equipped. I have to do throw this up. They're well-equipped to deal with the deluge of controversy that they would have to deal with in acquiring Deshaun Watson. Again, yeah, we, we to, haven't even talked about that. I'm glad you brought that to, up. Going yeah. back to the Vic situation. And remember how they handled that. So this is this is something here that the Eagles are equipped to deal with both, both on the field. They got the three first-round draft picks. They settled at least some edge-rushing edge rushing answers with Hassan Reddick. Plus, on top of that, this is a team that has already been through the deluge of serious, serious criticism. I, I have friends, I have relatives. I'm sure you guys have friends and relatives that turned around and jumped off when they when they turned around and they made the Vic signing. So oh, yeah. this is a team that's equipped to deal with. I'm not saying that they dealt with it well, but at least I'm saying they're willing to deal with it. And the infrastructure is there where they have dealt with it, a major situation like this. In the past, uh, I'm, I'm sure it's going to, you know, if if it happens and, and I'm not saying it is 100 percent going to happen. I'm not saying it's 50 percent that it's going to happen that the Eagles get to Sean Watson. But I am saying that the Eagles do have things aligned to deal with it. If capital I, capital F, if it did happen. All right, Joe, last question for me. It's funny. I wasn't going to answer this, but since you just brought it up, it uh, intrigues me. Friends, neighbors, whatever, you just uh, uh, pulled into the Michael Vick situation, who you said got off the Eagle bandwagon. Did they get back on? Oh, yeah, quickly. quickly. <laughs> it always happens. It always happens, Jody. You hit that right on the head, bro. Yeah, it always seems to happen. Oh, and I'm yeah. not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. I the, Another strike happens in baseball. I'll never watch baseball again. And, you know, by, nah. by, by, yeah, you know, by, by early June, mid-June, they're they're in front of a TV watching the Phillies. Right. Yeah, sports uh, that, are, that, sports that was what I was trying to make. Yeah. You weather the storm, a yeah. uh, couple of protests. You get some angry letters, uh, the Inquirer and the op-ed page. Okay, fine. And then and it's back to things as usual. So uh, that's what the you have to determine that first. Are you going to be able to weather that storm and how big that storm's going to be? Your point of Jeff Laurie has been there, done that, I think is well taken. And that's why I that's why I'm still questioning. Why don't they have a meeting on the books with the Sean Watson yet? Well, maybe they've met him through other means. I, I don't. I don't know. Zoom. I don't know. I don't know. I'm zooming I just... their life away with the Sean Watson. You too. Yeah. I don't believe either one of you. Oh, I, I'm the one who shut it down on social media. I put myself out there. So I, I don't think there's anything to it. Uh, I, I think the Eagles are out of the equation. Uh, I don't think they're going to acquire Deshaun Watson. If I'm wrong, I'll, I'll take the hits. Uh, and I will give, I will tip the cap right in front of Howie Roseman. I will do it right in front of him. I will say, man, you did a hell of a job on that. Because everybody I talk to in this league, said, no, nope, the Eagles haven't met with them. There's no scheduled meeting. Um, I don't know how they're going to pull this off, but they're going to pull it off. So that's 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 why I kind of I'm going in a different direction. Uh, real quick, why have you two guys, let me throw this out to you two. Uh, I had the pleasure of covering Hassan Riddick uh, at Haddon Heights. Great kid. Really good kid. Yeah, really Haddon good young Heights, man. Yeah. Um, where does he fit? 
Where does he fit in the Eagles defense? Yeah, that's my concern. In in Gannon, we trust. You have to believe that the defensive coordinator has got a plan, got to figure now he's gonna have to fit all the other 10 pieces around him. You can't make him the only sole determinant of what kind of defense you're gonna play. But I'm a good enough Gannon guy to believe that he will get the most out of a of a talented player. Well, I I, I just I'm I'm not very proud of a lot of things on me physically because I'm chubby and bald, but the eyebrows <laughs> tell a lot of things. And the eyebrows are going up and down. I don't know about that, Jody. I don't know. I, I need to I need that trust needs to build. You're you're a Gannon doubter too? I am a I am a Gannon doubter. Um I'm supposed to love the guy. Now all of a sudden I'm a Gannon doubter. Yeah, you are. Yeah. I, I'm the only Gannon believer out of all of you. Yeah. It, it's not that I don't believe in him. I think he's going to um util- in fact I think he's gonna utilize him correctly. So I would say I'm more of a a Gannon believer than not. I just think it's a very unique player. I always use that uh, term, Joe, unique players. There are certain players um, that you have to use correctly or they're not going to be effective. And I think the assumption is, and the best player I use is an offensive player. I use this as the example. Jody knows this. Debo Samuel out in San Francisco. You'll hear it all over the NFL. We got to get ourselves a Debo Samuel type player. Well, you, you might get somebody with the same traits, but if you don't use them like Kyle uses them, doesn't matter. So if you don't use them correctly, you're not going to have the chance to find the next Debo Samuel. Hassan Reddick's got a little bit of that from a defensive perspective because he's 6'1", he's 235, he's a tweener. You can't just put him on at defensive end. I think Jonathan's going to use him as a Sam linebacker, pass rusher. Just let him chase the quarterback. That's all I'm saying. No pass coverage. No, no, no chasing running backs on wheel routes. And it, I say that facetiously. Occasionally, you could drop him into a zone. You you try to confuse the quarterback, but not for long periods of time. Not for significant portions of his playing time. And and finally, what do you guys feel will happen to uh, Rodney McLeod? I had the pleasure of speaking to him a couple of weeks ago. He wants to come back. Do you think the Eagles want him back? It's interesting. I think they want to upgrade, but yeah. I think he's going to be back. I mean, they haven't been able to make an upgrade at safety. I, I think they're going to bring one of those two guys back, Rodney McLeod and Anthony Harris. And I think, you know, Rodney is such a, a pillar of the organization and the community. I think they're going to lean on that um, and bring it back for, you know, one year very cost-effective deal. That would be my guess, and they'll probably sign a safety within the next five minutes. Here, uh, here's the reason why I think Rodney's going to be back. Um, Rodney is in a comparable position to Jalen Hurts. They like him, but they would like to upgrade and get better. Mm-hmm. Well, what we're dealing with with Jalen Hurts are the Deshaun Watsons, Russell Wilsons, top five type guys. Who's the top five safety they're going to get anyway to supplant uh, Rodney McLeod. He's not out there. Honey Badger's the only one left. And I've heard nothing about them talking to the Honey Badger. So if you're just talking about a middling upgrade, I don't think the Eagles will do that. I think they'll stick with uh, Rodney McLeod. Now, Rodney's not under contract. Jalen Hurts is, so it's not a perfect comparison. But if there was someone to jump in on that you would say that's not only an upgrade, that's a major upgrade, then I would say that Rodney was in trouble of uh, being out of here. 
uh, but because he's now in a group of individuals that might be better than him, but not that much better than him. If the price is right, I think Bradney's going to be back. So you can write that one down. He, uh, San Liquido on St. Patrick's Day, my good Irish buddy, my, is saying they're yeah. still in the they're still in the <laughs> bidding for Deshaun Watson. Don't believe that for a millisecond. And uh, remember, uh, on St. Patty's Day, Jody Mack said, "Yeah, I think Rodney McLeod is coming back here." Another good Irishman, McLeod. Gotcha. Uh, so we got Irishmen <laughs> all over the place today here on. St. Patrick's Day. Joe, good stuff. Thanks, hey, Joe. You're going everybody. to the Maxwell Club tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. I'm going. I'm going this afternoon. I'm excited about it. John Taylor's coming in. Uh, uh, we have. Uh, we're honoring the the great Ray Dinger. Uh, we're honoring the great Brian Dawkins. Uh, it's 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 going to be an exciting uh, exciting Friday night. Mm. And Jacob Media, by the way, is going to yes. produce. Yes. Uh, yes. The yeah. I did, uh, yeah. Yeah. And you're talking to the knucklehead that did the uh, the script writing for them. Uh, <laughs> the, the, the torment that I put Joe Kraus through. <laughs> there we go. Very nice. And uh, Devin Caney will be there as well, so she'll pretty up the place for. Uh, is she for is she the first actual Irish person that we've mentioned today? I don't know that we've had <laughs> any true Irish people. Is Caney Irish? I think she is. We'll I have don't to know. find out. Uh, Joey, good stuff. Enjoy gotcha. uh, gotcha. down at AC. Appreciate you hopping on board. Thanks, Got gotcha. you. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Joe. Joe Sandler Liquido clinging to the Detroit Watson possibility. Yeah, man, I, uh, Jody, I don't, I, I, I don't know where this is coming from. Joe's right with Barrett. I mean, Barrett's, you know, very plugged in. Barrett knows everybody. Barrett's got a lot of credibility. Um, you know, as I mentioned, I got a text from another uh, former player. Uh, who thinks the Eagles? I I I just don't. I, I I'd be amazed. I give Howie so much credit if he was able. I I this is this is like three D chess level maneuvering. If this is real, that's True. all I'll say. And Joe's reporter, yourself, your reporter. If a fan were saying this, I would understand because the logic logic of it is laid out. Howie Roseman went to great lengths to acquire this draft capital, to get three first-round draft picks this year. And no one believes that he's actually going to use all three of the picks in the slots where they are to just upgrade with youth. Everyone thought that he was going to spin it all off, or at least a big part of it off, to get a player who could step in and help the Eagles next year. And that player, of course, was going to be a quarterback more than anything else. So if you don't believe how he's going to keep all three picks and use them, if you believe that he's going to uh, trade him for a quarterback and neither one of those two things are happening, well, then what the hell? Where are we yeah. at? They're not going to yeah. use the pick. No, Howie would never use three picks. Uh, not in one year. They're going to get a – now they're not getting a quarterback because Russell Wilson – Yeah, well, I've, I've, I've talked about the sense of urgency a lot, Jody. If you're going to do it, the problem is you don't have the draft, uh, the draft class. So, to me, the sense of urgency has always been there. Uh, to go get the quarterback this offseason. Problem is, the path isn't there. That's the only problem. The Eagles wanted to get better. The Eagles hope to get better. The Eagles want a top-five quarterback. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets 
if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. I just don't think the path is there. And I think we can officially shut it down. Other people uh, obviously disagree. I see Brandon has popped on. So let's get to a break and get him on a little bit early. We got uh, Bleeding Green Nation Day. We got Joe yeah. Santa Liquido. We got Brandon Lee Gowton, BLG. Um, yeah, more Deshaun Watson, Jody Mack. Well, will, will we get the answer from BLG as to why the Eagles didn't get that? All I want to know is the why. I'm not going to debate whether it's right, wrong, or indifferent. I just want to know why they didn't get a meeting. Uh, we'll ask BLG next. Brandon Lee Gatlin's going to hop aboard. Got plenty to do here on Birds 365. Please stay. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian in my heart. I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222.
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. You got your Mag and Mag guys here on Birds 365, McMullen and McDonald. We are joined by another good Irishman. Or so I hope. But St. Patty's Day, we're <laughs> we're making everybody honorary Irish, including Brandon Lee Gowton. How much Irish you got in you, BLG? Really good question, Jody. Uh, so I'm like half Polish. That's the main half for me. And then the other half is like English, Irish, mix. I don't know exactly. You'll throw it in. Irish is close enough. There we go. <laughs> if you got any uh, percentage, little... you're all Irish today. Yeah, all Irish. If you got 1%, you're all Irish today. You got a green shirt on, BLG. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we can't do that. We got green screens. Yeah, we so we can't screen. even go celebrate uh, St. Patrick's Day. But enough of that nonsense. Let's get to the real news. Uh, where do you want to start? Deshaun uh, Watson or Howie Roseman? Uh, <laughs> uh, and both, because let, let's face it, they mix in together. Howie gets the three-year contract extension. Jimmy Kemsky, hat tip to him, uh, who, who, who does a great podcast with you, uh, getting the scoop. And uh, the alignment is complete. Uh, both Nick Sirianni, Howie Roseman are under contract through 2025. It's interesting, BLG, because I think Howie's a good general manager. I get killed for this all the time. Um, but it is weird to to be able to hire three coaches in this league. So I get both sides of the fence. Um, and then I'll bring in the Sean Watson part and say, there are some people who believe the Eagles are still in on this. I'm not one of them. I don't know where you are. But if they are in on this, this is one of the great GM jobs of all time. The subterfuge <laughs> on this is brilliant. So where's the disconnect of people, how he's not good, but how he's still in the mix for Deshaun Watson? Well, I think when you evaluate uh, Howie Roseman, I think it's a nuanced kind of thing. I think there's reasonable, uh, it's reasonable for people to have mixed feelings on him. I think you can point out, obviously, the Super Bowl. You can say playoffs in the last four out of the five years. You can look at the maneuvering that he's done. And I've always maintained that how he's been really good. One of the best DMs when it comes to understanding value and navigating trades. You look at the Carson Wentz deal, just as an example. But I mean, when we're sitting here, we're also talking about a GM with four playoff wins in 11 years. And you're also looking at what the Eagles have done more recently. We all like to talk about how the NFL is that kind of league. The Eagles rank 18th in point differential and 19th in winning percentage since winning the Super Bowl. They are 19 and 29 in games outside of the worst division in the league, or at least one of them, the NFC East, since winning the Super Bowl. Um, so I think there's some reason to question, you know, just how good Howie Roseman has been. I don't think he's been a disaster necessarily. I also don't think he's been amazing. And I also think that the good work he's done uh, last year was in part uh, had to be done because he tore down the team that was the Super Bowl contender and not so intentionally. So I think it's kind of a, a nuanced thing there. And on the Sean Watson part, uh, John, um, yeah, I, I do think there is some truth to the Eagles really being uh, wanting to play this behind the scenes. I don't think that's the only reason we haven't heard about more buzz. 
about you know in terms of the Panthers and the Browns and the Falcons and the Saints meeting with Deshaun Watson um, obviously there's been reporting out there that Deshaun Watson doesn't want to play in Philly which is extremely relevant when he has a no trade clause so uh, but my read on it just my my thought on it is that you look at how the Browns have kind of gone with Baker Mayfield and him feeling alienated with the Cleveland's interest in Deshaun Watson and I don't think the Eagles want to be in that boat I think they're playing things much closer to the vest fair enough so you're saying although John has said this I've said this we'll see if you're willing to say it that's one of the major pluses of Deshaun of uh, Jalen Hurts we know what happened here in Philadelphia with Carson Wentz Doug Peterson eventually said listen you're playing like the worst quarterback in the league I'm going to give this kid a shot here. And Carson Wentz lost his mind. And I don't know that he's recaptured it since. Um, (laughs) We all believe that if Jalen Hurts has competition or that something is uh, out there in the media or people are speculating on, that he'll handle it because he's a grounded, uh, driven guy who's not going to let some other people's moves that he can't control get inside his head. Are you saying that the Eagles are keeping this under wraps just because they don't want to go down the Carson Wentz road again? They got to realize that Jalen Hurts isn't Carson Wentz and his ability to handle something happening around him, don't they? Yeah, I think it's more than that. I mean, I think it's not necessarily that they think he can't handle it, but still you don't want to have it maybe be as as brazen, again, as the Browns are. And also just because uh, it potentially hurts your leverage with Jalen Hurts uh, if you want to deal him in the future, uh, making him not look so uh, entrenched as he is. So I think there's multiple reasons why they would do that. Also, again, I I do think it's the case that, um, you know, the Eagles aren't, a strong as strong of a contender as those other teams there's obviously that part of it too um so multiple reasons i would say well it so can we extend that to free agency then brandon and the fact that uh some people are looking uh and uh seeing safeties come off the board wide receivers come off the board and say all right what what's going on here um are the eagles soft pedaling this slow pedaling this because um, of Deshaun Watson, in other words, not making those other splashes outside of Hassan Reddick uh, by going for big name free agents. It's very early in the process, but you know how fans are. They want they want everybody immediately, um, and and you do have to start getting into the second and third layers. And by the way, that's where some of the value is in free agency. But nonetheless, there's some big names out there, and the Eagles could have been involved with were involved from what I heard with Christian Kirk and to an extent, Marcus Williams, uh, but didn't get it done. Is that partially uh, because they have one eye on Deshaun Watson and that would be a significant, significant um, addition to the salary cap. I do think it's a little curious, you know, that they haven't been more active than they've been. Uh, you look at the Eagles history except for last year, really, when they couldn't do much with the cap situation that they had. Um, you know, they're a little bit more active than this. Uh, I, I, that that being said, I kind of did think they only had really one big splash in them, and I think that was Hassan Reddick, and then everything else was kind of going to be uh, waiting out the market. I think that's the process they're in right now when you just look at the receiver situation with, obviously, Kristen Kirk's insane $18 million yeah, a yeah. year deal. And by the way, yeah, that's a good move. You don't give Christian Kirk that money. 
and even, even I think you look at a guy like DJ Shark who got what like ten million up max value of yeah, twelve in Detroit, like, to twelve. Yeah, that's a lot for a guy who only played in what like four games last year. I think the receiver market as a whole is just kind of out of control. And I think when you look at how the Eagles play offense, at least how they did last year, they were the lowest pass, passing volume offense in the league. Yeah. And I don't know that you're looking to spend uh, those kind of major resources when you have a limited amount on that position when you figure they're probably going to be running the ball a lot again next year. But it year. all interconnects, Brandon, because sure. if you get a different quarterback, that <laughs> volume's going to change. Yeah, That that's, part is true. And how difficult, not just for the Eagles, but the four teams that we think, we know are really involved and that's the saints as you mentioned the falcons the panthers the browns how difficult it is for these teams to sort of wait because everything changes if you get to sean watson well that's that's the the rub right it's like that's the risk is worth it in that sense because (laughs) if you either have a quarterback or you don't and a team like you know carolina um, or really New Orleans, who kind of just don't really have much to really be excited about that. I mean, it's just worth it because, okay, so what if you strike out? Then you're, you're kind of in the same spot anyway. It's not like, oh, we missed out on this great free agent wide receiver or whatever because we were, we we're trying to get Deshaun Watson. We're like, okay, that, that guy's not going to probably move the needle too much anyway. So um, it's all about the quarterback. Uh, that's at least where always my head has been. The Eagles, I think, much more relevant. Who cares what I think? That's where their head has always been, and that's why I still think we're seeing rumors of them connected to him because they really value that position. And as you were saying before I hopped on here, Jody, are you talking about you know those three first-round picks and, and John saying like the path hasn't been there for them? Um, that doesn't mean they're going st- to stop trying until uh, Deshaun Watson is officially on a new team. All right, since uh, we're discounting and or cutting Eagles some slack that they haven't gotten any upgrades at the wide receiver position yet because they're not a volume-throwing team. Okay, that certainly was true last year, and if we're speculating it's going to be true again next year, who's going to run the ball for the Eagles? (laughs) They decided not to tender Boston Scott, which I kind of thought was a mistake. We'll see how it plays out. If they get him back at a slightly reduced from the 2.4 tender, uh, good for them, but uh, Jordan Howard not under contract either. They have all of two running backs under contract as of right now. Who's going to be running the football for this run-dominant and heavy team in 2022? I do think it's possible that Boston Scott comes back. If you look at like $2.4 million doesn't seem like a lot relative maybe to some other contracts, um, but that's like top 30 running back money. And I don't know that you're giving top 30 running back money to a backup in Boston Scott. So I can't really fault them for that. I know Boston Scott is a nice player, but I think. Right, but here, let me, let me just, let me just sure. hop in here. Uh, Christian Kirk, who we've been talking about extensively here, was like, what, the 127th paid wide receiver this past year? Oh, shoot, now he's in the top three. How did that happen? Guys move up all the time. When you become available and you hit free agency, your number tends to go up. So if 2.4 million is Boston Scott's number, he's one of those who can upgrade his number. Once you hit free agency, everybody, almost everybody, unless you're dropping off the, 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 the table, everybody's number goes up. I don't think that's an accurate portrayal of what Boston Scott should be. As No one's saying he's a top 30 back, but when you're free and you have the availability and Eagles made him more free by letting him go complete free agent, I don't think it's outrageous to say he can get that kind of money on the open market. Well, I wouldn't be looking to the Kristen Kirk 
contract to justify anything <laughs> to be clear but um yeah, yeah you, understand, you understand the point i was trying to make yeah, when you course. become a free agent yeah it's all about contracts are about league. contracts are about timing and circumstance right. but blg's right look if boston scott can get more than 2.43 million yeah. god bless them godspeed okay. i my yeah. my indication is my but you know i think that i forget the number you might know brandon there weren't a lot of restricted free agents tendered this year because the tenders were pretty high, pretty significant. I think it was 30 something. It was real. It was really a low number um, that got tendered overall. Obviously the Eagles did it with Nate Herbig, didn't do it with Alex Singleton, Boston and Greg Ward. They were able to bring Greg back at presumably less money. Um, if Boston gets more than 2.43 million, Uh, he's not coming back. I mean, the Eagles clearly by not tendering, it's not that they don't want the player. They just, you know, they want to value him. You talked about Howie Roseman in valuation. That's where you roll the dice and say, well, nobody's going to pay him like a starting running back and we can probably get him back at less money. Is that the strategy you think is going on with Boston Scott? Exactly. Yeah. And I think, again, that's where something I think Howie Roseman is really good at, not only in trades, but like on the free agent market, having like a sense, uh, having the relationships he does. I think he has a, a pulse of who might be interested or not in a player. And I think he's gauging the market in Boston, Scott, and saying, OK, this guy isn't going to have an insane market. And maybe, like you said, John, and like one team comes in and the Giants, maybe they yeah. go, hey, <laughs> we'll they, give him two point five million. Stop scoring touchdowns against it. Yeah, exactly. And if and again, if they do that, then you kind of just have to be like, OK, well, all right. You know, good luck, Boston. That's that's a good payday for you. That's not really something that made a ton of sense for us at that point. But uh, you know, getting back to Jody's original question, you still have Miles Sanders. Um, Kenneth Gainwell needs to take a bigger step uh, in year two in terms of uh, his development, and also the Eagles giving him more opportunities. I think they need to trust him a little more. And if Boston Scott isn't back, there would obviously be some more opportunity for him in that regard. Um, so you know, I still think they have enough there. They'll probably draft a running back. Uh, on day three at the latest or sign some an undrafted free agency. Uh, maybe there's a bargain guy that ends up being out there on the free agent market for a while. The Eagles have kind of done that in the past, whether it was bring back Jordan Howard last year uh, or some other players who maybe didn't work out, but like they added carry on Johnson at one point last off season. Um, they added what Matt Jones in the past, again, guys who didn't stick Matt on the Jones. team, yeah. but, uh, but those kind of players will be out there. Nice pull Matt Jones, the Eagle claw. Yeah. And then he fumbled all the time. Uh, safety. Let's go to safety, BLG. Um, you know, Rodney's uh, a free agent. Anthony Harris is free agent. They like Marcus Epps. They don't seem very high on Kayvon Wallace any longer. So, you know, the thought is they're going to bring in a safety. Maybe they bring one of the guys back. I would think Rodney more than Anthony Harris at this point. Um, but when you look at the names coming off the board, and, you know, Marcus Williams, probably a little bit too expensive. But when you start looking at the Jordan Whitehead, Scott, I thought that was a great deal for uh, Joe Douglas and the Jets, uh, Jody's Jets. So I don't know. Maybe there's something wrong with Jordan Whitehead. I don't have all the background, but it seemed like a, a player the Eagles might target. Justin Reed, a lot of people, including myself, were looking in that direction. Marcus May went. He and Denard Wilson have a history. Um, not much left except one guy 
who doesn't seem like a typical um, Eagle signing because of his age and, and bought a tread off the tire and Tyron Matthau. But um, Jonathan Gannon talked about Harrison Smith a lot, that movable piece, you know, can he get that movable? That That's like what Tyran does. Uh, any chance, any outside chance, we talk about subterfuge and no real um, obvious intentions of meeting with Deshaun Watson. Any chance behind the scenes the Eagles are going, let's go Let's go make a smash, uh, splash with that type of player? Yeah, I think there's a chance. Um, I think – it would have to come down to the honey badger seeing, you know, what's out there and kind of realizing that there isn't the strong market for him. There isn't a team out there that is an obvious, you know, no doubt about it kind of contender that has interest in him. Um, so I think it would take something like that. I think it would take time and I think it would be a little bit later than sooner uh, if that's what would happen. Um, but, but yeah, they're, I mean, they're in a tough spot at safety in terms of their options here and, it's not ideal because going into the free agent market, it looked like they were going to have a lot of options. A lot of those options have come off the board, at least the enticing ones, certainly ones that would be a solution beyond the 2022 season, which I think is ideally the goal, not just getting another rental in here like the Eagles kind of did last year. I think you can resign Ronnie McLeod. I think he'll be available for a reasonable rate, and he has expressed interest in coming back to Philly. Um, so you have him. You have uh, Marcus Epps. I think you need one more guy. I think you can go a three safety rotation there, uh, which the Eagles were kind of doing later on in the season when I think Rodney was playing well too, not having him play the whole 400 snaps in a game, but kind of on a rotational basis. Um, so maybe that's someone like Patrick Peterson, who obviously has played his career at cornerback, but there was speculation that he might move to safety for the Vikings last year. Didn't end up happening, but uh, Patrick Peterson was on an NFL network on Wednesday night and kind of, uh, mentioned the Eagles as a potential fit for him. So maybe you do something a little bit out of the box like that and move a cornerback to safety. Uh, but there aren't any slam dunk answers here. I am still a fan of Patrick Peterson and uh, Minnesota defense, which lost pieces last year, some of which were to the Eagles and didn't exactly quite uh, fill the void here. Thanks, Mr. Wilson. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'm still a Peterson guy, and I, I would prefer him as a cornerback than a safety will the eagles look at peterson and just say hey let's bring him in and let's play him in both positions and whichever one he's better at that's where we'll put him for the majority of the year is that a possibility for the eagles all comes down to the price i would i would think you know so patrick peterson last year signed a one-year eight million dollar contract with the vikings I have a tough time seeing the Eagles spend big resources on the corner position, even though I know they have a hole there right now because Steve Nelson is a free agent. Um, but I just don't think corner is a spot they're looking to, again, spend those kind of big resources at when they already have a lot of money uh, tied up in Darius Slay. And you just look at the fact that I think the Eagles have been kind of able to get more out of less or not just the Eagles, but Jonathan Gannon, really, with his track record, especially playing the defense that they do and how soft they play. So um, I don't think they're looking to spend big, but if Patrick Peterson kind of comes at a bargain and you're plugging a hole for one year, uh, I think it's in play. I don't think it's necessarily the most likely thing to happen, but I think it, it's an option that's out there. All right, uh, BLG, shame on me because we're almost 90 minutes into this program, and I haven't mentioned the significant hit the Eagles took on defense, uh, tongue firmly planted in cheek. Hassan Ridgeway. They got one Hassan. 
They lost another spelled differently, by the mm. way. That's going to be difficult. How many times have you misspelled Hassan and Reddick so far? First off. Yeah, I, I, so in the first article that I did, when they signed him, I had the one D. I had J.J. Reddick <laughs> in the brain, so it already got Oh, yeah, J.J. Up. See, most people mess up Hassan. You messed up yeah. the Reddick part of yeah. it. Um, well, Hassan Ridgeway, though. The, yeah, you got, I'm surprised uh, he mm. signed so quickly. He got oh, uh, yeah. a deal with San Francisco. Uh, good team. Um, <laughs> any concern about replacing Hassan Ridgeway is the fourth man? In that defensive tackle rotation, <laughs> not at all. Uh, I think Hassan Ridgeway had to get it in. Yeah, I know. It was, it, it, everyone's thinking about it. Uh, they, they might not <laughs> want to admit it, but deep down, it's in the back of their minds. Uh, I don't think so. Uh, this is a guy who's been hurt a lot. I mean, obviously, yeah. he stayed healthy last year, but prior to last season, I mean, he was constantly getting banged up. And I think at best, you know, he's maxing out as like just a guy. I would say he was fine. Not a not the worst option, but. Uh, Certainly, I think the Eagles could look to get younger at that spot. And obviously, there's going to be some intriguing defensive linemen in the draft. And we'll see what happens with Fletcher Cox. They're going to need to add, yeah. whether Cox is back or not, they're going to need to add some more interior defensive line uh, depth here. So it'll be interesting to see who they add. On Bleeding Green Nation, you guys have a network of uh, individuals doing stuff with other teams. And uh, they show up on your site, you show up on their site. How's your cowboy buddy doing? I would say the Cowboys have had one of the tougher off seasons so far this year. How's your counterpart down in Dallas doing with the moves that the Cowboys have made or haven't made? Yeah, so I do a weekly podcast with my uh, enemy slash friend, uh, RJ Ochoa, uh, called the NFC's Mixtape, and we talk about uh, all things in the best division, maybe the worst division. One of the one of the divisions in the NFL, uh, and he's not doing so good. He is very much frustrated, basically with everything since the playoff game till now. Uh, I would say he's happy that the Cowboys ended up keeping Demarcus Lawrence, but pretty bummed out that they had to give up Amari Cooper on the cheap. Um, pretty bummed out that they weren't able to seal the deal with Randy Gregory and instead right. see him go to the to the Broncos. Uh, I think across the board it's hard to look at the Cowboys and say they're better than they were, you know, at the end of the year. So I think they've only kind of gotten worse. I think at best they've stayed the same. And I don't really think that's the case. Um, and I think for a team that relied so much on, you know, Trayvon Diggs having this incredible season last year and, and uh, Micah Parsons coming out of nowhere uh, and don't get me wrong. I, those are still talented players, but for them to have the amount of turnovers and sacks and all these impact plays that they did last season, I don't think that's going to be sustainable. Not to mention that throughout yeah. all of this, there's speculation that Mike McCarthy is just going to get replaced anyway and that he's almost like a lame duck and Sean Payton's going to come in. So the Cowboys, I think, are not in the best spot right now. All right, Brandon, last one from me, and make sure you read uh, BLG, uh, my one of my favorites, uh, bleedinggreennation.com. How many podcasts you got now, by the way? How many uh, co-hosts of the SB Nation NFL yeah. show? You got the podcast with Jimmy. You just mentioned mm -hmm. your your podcast uh, mm -hmm. uh, with RJ. How many podcasts you got going now? That's at least three a week, uh, sometimes more. So that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, and 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 thanks for coming on this show as well with uh, Jody Mack and uh, John McMullen. Happy St. Patrick's Day! I'm going to pull a Jody on you here, BLG. Uh -oh. Hypothetical. 
Not a hypothetical. Oh. More, more of a percentage. Yeah, I love a because, percentage. Yeah, yeah, yeah I want a percentage too. because we do. We have people going in all different directions. So I want a percentage to Howie Roseman's shocking the world like Jesse Ventura when he won the governorship of Minnesota. Shocking the world. <laughs> Sean Watson to Philadelphia Eagle. Percentage. I'm going to say 18%. 18%. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. I feel better. John, well, so John's at zero. I'm at like I'm point, point two. We're, we're <laughs> significantly lower than you and way the hell lower than Santa Liquido. All right. Here's my last question, BLG. Uh, yesterday, Jonathan Gannon was down at Georgia for their pro day. And we know they've got at least four, if not five guys who can go in the first round defensively. We know where the Eagles picks are up now, will they be moving around? Will they be changing them? Uh, I'm going to, since McMullen borrowed one of my usual questions, I'm going to borrow <laughs> one of his. Eagles had three picks in the first round. Will they have nerve enough, stick to enough to use all three on defensive players? And are is at least one, if not two, coming out of the University of Georgia? Be a pretty good bet that they're going to take at least one Georgia player uh, in this draft. I don't think they're going to make all three picks. And if they do, let's, let's, let's assume they do. We're operating within the framework where they do make all three picks. Even then, uh, I saw my doubts that they're definitely all going to be defenders when you look at this team's history of valuating and, and their valuation of offense and everything. But, I mean, you look at Devontae Wyatt, who the Eagles are reportedly hosting on a pre-draft visit. It's their first known one that we know about so far uh their top 30 visits that's obviously worth keeping an eye on uh jordan davis just you know blew up the combine and is not only his athleticism but his size is insane you're gonna have to think hard about him especially again if you are moving on from fletcher cox um obviously nicobe dean i'll believe when they they take a first round linebacker when i see it so uh a lot of options there Jonathan Gannon, as you mentioned, you know, at their pro day, again, significant, not shocking, but, you know, significant to see him there. So uh, I definitely think, you know, good bet. If you want to place a bet, uh, pretty decent chance that they take at least one Georgia defender. Yeah, Yeah. it's a pretty good bet for any team in the NFL, I think. Pretty good. It's pretty solid bet. Andy Water was there as well. Kevin Petulo at Mm. uh, Georgia pro day. Everybody at Georgia pro day. Who's Who's the offensive player they want from Georgia? Yeah, yeah, that's why they sent Kevin Petula. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. VLG, have a green beer for me at some point. You got the green shirt on. You got to have a green beer, too. Thanks for getting up with us. Thanks, guys. Thanks. That is uh, Brandon Lee Gouton of Bleeding Green Nation. I did not see the Petula was down in Georgia. They got in. No, under- they love that. Kevin, they love Kevin Petula. That wasn't a shot. But yeah, I mean, they're not. They're taking the. Oh, I was taking it as a legit guy going down. I don't know that Georgia. Who who would they be looking at as Georgia's pickings? Uh, I'm as sure a, they have. I'm sure they have some athletes, but yeah, nobody nobody high profile. Um, but you know, you're you're remember it's more. Yeah, you know, it's not just the first round, second round. They, right. they could be looking at somebody in the you know deeper in the draft. Who knows? But um, no surprise they had three high, high profile people at uh, Georgia's pro day. All right. Speaking that, that of high crowded. profile, <laughs> you threw it out there yesterday uh, to the tail end of the show. I want to get you on a follow-up on it about the Eagles uh, wanting to change the rules in the National Football League about not letting 
uh, upper management scouting and the like player personnel go till after the draft that they can be uh, picked off and hired and leave the team somewhat in a lurch. Um, this is a pretty strong stance the Eagles are taking and, and would be a significant change in the National Football League. I want to ask about that a little further. Coming back, Johnny Mac, Jody Mac, here on Birds 365. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian in my heart. I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. You got Johnny Mac and Jody Mac quite appropriately on a St. Patty's Day edition. A bird's uh, 365. We've asked each of our guesses. Uh, good to hear Brandon Lee Gowden's got at least some Irish in him. Sam Lanquito, I think, was a goose egg, uh, but, he, <laughs> but he takes it well. Um, yours truly is about 87% Irish. My grandmother on my father's side was half Scottish, so I'm down to about uh, uh, 13% non Irish, and the rest of me is pretty damn pure. How uh, Irish are you, McMullen? Uh, Barry. Um, there's some Scottish in there as well. Same thing. Um, ah. Yeah. Um, I think the McMullen shield is is actually Scottish, but I'm more Irish. Um, 
but I, I've never done the actual numbers. Have you done that genealogy? I have uh, not, but I know what my father told me and how much his parents were and my mother told me. So I'm, I'm ringing up at about 87%, which I'm quite proud of. And uh, this is just another holiday as far as I'm concerned. Every day it's uh, great to be Irish. a holiday. Exactly, yeah. for us Irishmen. Yeah. Um, speaking of another good Irishman, Howie Roseman, uh, I do want to follow up with him a little bit because I'm still not understanding the math that that several outlets, Kemsky first, but others have certainly reported as well, that it's a three-year contract extension. He's under contract this year. It was supposed to be the final year of his previous contract. So he's added three more years. And everyone keeps saying, and that matches up with Nick Sirianni. Well, Sirianni supposedly signed a four-year contract which he's already done one year, which means his contract runs through 2024 and how he's runs through 2025. So do they not match up? You said it earlier and you're right. No, they match up. They match up through 2025. So, and I don't even know. I don't remember when Nick was was hired. Sirianni's contract, a a five-year contract to begin with? Yeah. Um, So I don't, know if it was reported as well. I don't even remember to tell you the truth, but I, I say all the time, like player contracts, coaching contracts and GM contracts. And it's a bigger issue with GMs uh, because there's, you know, coaches usually get reported correctly. Head coaches is the biggest issue with assistant coaches. Like nobody knows when assistant coaches are coming due. There's no uh, process for it. There's no, like the NFLPA has to file contracts. So, you know, um, eventually they become uh, public, uh, essentially. Um, Not the case with uh, coaches and and general managers. So, um, you know, they're both under contract through 2025. So I don't know what the original reporting, I don't remember, to be honest, was with Nick. But if it was that he was under contract through 2024. Um, It was incorrect. They are both aligned uh, through 2025. Lockstep, 100% confirmed. Okay. Well, then here's what I would go back and question. And I know I'm being a pain in the rear end here, but did Nick Sirianni deserve a five-year contract having never coached before? Have Um, not really even called plays in Indianapolis? Uh, those kind of guys don't get five-year deals. A lot of, you're probably right. I mean, um, especially with his, you know, coming off the radar a little bit, at least, um, you know, people knew who he was in the league because he was an offensive coordinator, but he wasn't on a lot of head coaching lists. He only got Mm. one interview. Um, so maybe a little bit, but you know, a bunch of first-year coaches get five-year deals. You know, Matt Rule got more than that. I think it was seven. Um, you know, so if you go lower, you're kind of signaling a little bit like, well, you know, we don't really believe in this guy. Five is usually the standard uh, for head coaches. Um but yeah, I mean, I've seen less. I've seen more. Like, with Matt, it's probably a mistake to get Matt Rule, but they were, uh, you know, Carolina was fighting with the Giants at the time and probably felt they had to go to that level. 
Um, right. So I'm I'm going to ask an unfair question here uh, because I should know the answer just as well as you, and I don't. Um, bunch of guys got first year contracts as new head coaches in the league this year. Did McDaniel get five down Josh? in Miami? Oh, Mike, uh, that I don't know. I can try to look up what the reporting is. I would Did O'Connell get five in Minnesota with the Vikings? Uh, again, I would why have to do look I, up Why do I think none of these guys got five-year well, deals? I would think Josh year. did. Josh probably got McDaniel five, might yeah. have because he's a former NFL head coach. and uh, I, guys... I didn't see um, – because I still pay attention because I used to work there. I still pay attention uh, to Minnesota. I didn't Minnesota, see a year. Right. I didn't see a year on. I don't. I don't think anybody reported how many years O'Connell got. Um, so I mean, again, a lot of it is difficult to uh, uncover. Right. Um, but it wouldn't surprise me if he got five years because he's so young. It wouldn't surprise me. If, Mike McDaniel got five years because he's so young. That's what people are looking for. They're looking for the young coach is going to be there for ever um, if they turn out to be a good head coach. Um, and most teams like to show the courage of their convictions. The last thing you want to do is like, I, I don't think Doug got five years to start, um, um, but the Eagles didn't want him no matter what they say now. Well, and it was proven by the way, they didn't want him. They wanted Adam Gase. And they would have gave Adam Gase five years. They would have gave Adam Gase five years. Unfortunately, that one I can attest to. The Jets gave Adam Gase five years, which was an M-I-S-D-A-K-E. Well, so did Miami. So did Miami. Oh, he was, you know, people can pretend all they want uh, in use revisionist history. He was the hot candidate of, of, of that particular year when the Eagles were in the mix. And then after, you know, we had one good season in Miami, I remember. Um, even that, to get a second job with the Jets in the same division, yeah, people were snowed by that guy. They were yeah. snowed. It wasn't just the Jets. Yeah, well, it, it's most painful. Uh, the only one where pain was actually inflicted was the Jets. So sorry if I feel a little uh, salt rubbing in the wounds. Um, is part of the reason why Harry Roseman got this contract extension this time the fact that Brandon Brown and Ian Cunningham both took off to go to greener pastures and the Eagles as an organization certainly signed on in the ongoing conversation forever changing rules in the National Football League that they want to rewrite the rules of when executives can lead their teams did the Eagles feel a little underwhelmed, undersupported uh, at the executive position? And did Jeff Laurie say, uh-oh, I better get this Howie thing done because two of the guys who I could have elevated to replace Howie are now no longer Eagle executives. How do these things all tie together, if at all, in your opinion? No, not not as far. And by the way, the, the extension was reported today. Uh, and, and again, uh, great job by Jimmy Camps you to get it first. Uh, I I believe it's been done for a long time. Not and certainly dating back before the combine, um, probably sometime in February. Um, it, 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 there was never any doubt. So when that burst, and I don't remember you you might remember when that burst came up, 
and someone wrote about it and I forget who it was and put two and two together and said, Oh, uh, Doug got an extension. Um, and, and Howie at the same time through 2022, um, again, cause they like to align the head coach and general manager. And I had said at the time, I said, well, they probably already done it or they're on their way to done it to it, to align Nick up with Howie. Um, because he wasn't going to fire him. So even though it was reported today, it was confirmed today, it, it wasn't done today. Uh, it's been in place for a, a little bit. And, you know, this whole narrative that he had to get the quarterback right, he's got to get, he's got this offseason to prove himself, it was never going to happen. They were never going to have a lame duck GM. So the bigger con- conversation is, um, should he be the GM? And again, I see both sides. Brandon uh, uh, brought up some excellent points from the negative side, to be honest. Um, the record since the Super Bowl has been essentially underwater. 32-team league, point differential, winning percentage underwater, you know, less than 16. Um, three coaches, that's not normally done. If you're a GM you don't normally get to hire three different head coaches. So it is a little bit of a unique situation in Philadelphia. But I do think people all have to realize sports are cyclical. You know, you, you, you asked um, a question about um, fans coming back uh, with Joe, Joe Santa Laquita, Michael Vick. You know, there are a lot of fans upset. I'm an animal lover. I'm, I'm not an Eagles fan, but I'm an animal lover. I, you know, I don't like that. Um, you know, I gave Mike Vick every respect to anybody else. That's not my job to make moral uh, decisions. Um, but ultimately, fans are going to come back. I used to have fights with Mike Gill on the air, my old partner in South Jersey, your old intern, um, uh, uh, about what the Sixers were doing during the process. Uh, one time we were doing a live show at Harris in Atlantic City, where the Maxwell Club will be, by the way, Jacob Media, like, share, subscribe. Um, people thought we were going to get, you know, people who didn't know us thought we were going to get it in a fight on air, you know, because we we're going back and forth, not knowing we're friends. We just let it roll off our back. Similarly with me or you, when we get in arguments, I don't care. I just go on to the next thing. Um and I would say, look, the Sixers are alienating a lot of people. And he would say they're going to be back. Of course they're going to be back. Sports are cyclical. Nobody's arguing they're going to be back. We're talking about in the moment. In 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 the moment, you know, you're going to alienate some people if you go and 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 sign somebody controversial. But they're always going to be back, especially if you're successful especially if you're a, a, a win, it doesn't mean something's not wrong in the moment you right. do it though. Um, so there's kind of that disconnect. There's all these things. Howie's a very layered um, evaluation simply because he's been here for so long. And typically the shelf life for a general manager isn't that long, but I will say this, Joey, Jody, and I say it all the time and you know it, you probably get sick of me 
saying it. Continuity is better than the alternative. I see some of these young GMs and call it ageism, whatever. It's usually reverse 35 years old, 40 years old. They make a lot of stinking mistakes. Jim Swartz used to call them startup costs with players. You know, when you're playing a young player who's never played before, they might have significant talent. They're going to make a lot of mistakes. When you ask them from a technical, from a fundamental standpoint, sometimes the athleticism is so good, you you say, who cares? Like Micah Parsons, who cares? Just let him go. Um, same thing with GMs and coaches, though. And you saw it with Nick Sirianni. Nick Sirianni was the best head coach, was the best rookie head coach. He made a boatload of mistakes because it's the first time he ever did it. That's part of it. If you're going to hire a first-time head coach, you understand there's going to be a lot of growing pains, a lot of growing pains. Same thing with a GM, um, same thing with a player. How he knows what he's doing. You want to and criticize the evaluations? Feel free, but he knows what he's doing. Him talking about young players, and oh, by the way, the Eagles are going to have a bunch next year because they do have three first-round draft picks, which we'll find out how they're going to use, and a full two days, three days of drafting. Uh, so it comes down to believing in your coaching staff that they're going to cut into that learning curve, that if there is a base, uh, baked-in learning curve for every young player in the National Football League, the better coaches get that number cut down, yeah. and they get the player up to speed that much more quickly the lesser coaching staffs just get, well, he's young. Well, he's young. Well, he's wet behind the ears. He's a little slow in developing. That's your job is to cut into that time to develop. And we'll see if the Eagles are capable of doing so. Uh, they've got one guy who's a given here in town. That's your offensive line coach. The rest of the guys are still uh, to be judged. The new coaching staff the Eagles have put together. All right, we got to take our final time out. We'll come back. You know what McMullen and McDonald are going to do. They're going to put a big green bow on the show today. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears imagine for a moment that you went to work today and when you came home you were catastrophically injured your life and your family's life that's what happened to union construction worker mike little i was scared of what the end was going to be but to be 100 percent honest with you i knew i was going to be all right just by talking with brian in my heart i just knew everything was going to be all right call the firm and find out why they say we got this. Call 
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. John McClellan, Jody McConnell, your Mac and Mac Sports 365 guys. As John just said in the last segment, like, share, subscribe, Jacob Media YouTube channel. Thank you very much. It's a holiday, right? You gotta gotta do the right thing on a holiday. Like, share, and subscribe. Your two Irish buddies here on St. Patrick's Day on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. All right, J Mac. Here's what I want to do for our last couple of minutes today. Um, three positions in which the Eagles still have. I'd go as far as to even say significant need, wide receiver, safety, cornerback. You got a couple of guys at the, these positions that they're probably not going to be in on because we expect that their price is a little expensive. Who knows? Maybe Howie Roseman. Uh, John has been praising Howie all day today about. Nah, you're going to get me in trouble, Jody. The stealthness of Howie Roseman and that if he can somehow get involved. Yeah, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I'm sorry. Nor do Um, I. But but, uh, Howie has known to be stealth. It was more Sandler Laquito was saying, ooh, Howie, the the darkness master who comes out of nowhere. I I don't think he's. What did he call him? The shadow something or other? I don't. I I forget forget what he called him, too. Um, I don't think he's getting in on Deshaun Watson. I don't think he's getting in on Allen Robinson. I don't think he's going to be able to land the honey badger. So if he gets any of those guys, both John and I will sit here. And praise him to the hilt because you don't think he's getting either Allen Robinson or the Honey Badger, do you? Um, no, not unless their prices come down, you know, and 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 the market just isn't there, and it turns into an Alshon Jeffrey type thing where he says, "All right, I'll play on a one-year deal, prove it, and get back to free agency quickly." Um, uh, so I would agree. Deshaun Elliott, you know, safety, uh, Baltimore. Set some injury issues, very young. Um, maybe they take a maybe they roll the dice on him on a, on a cost effective deal. We've, we've talked about Zach Pascal. Is it Pascal? I, I, you know, Martin, uh, Martin Frank pronounced it another way. I don't know, but maybe, uh, maybe him, which Pascal? I, I think Pascal. Um, maybe he, you know, Nick Sirianni can say that Nick Sirianni loves that, that kid. So, you know, let me, let me throw three guys at you who I will say have all peaked in their career that there is no way next year with the Eagles, if the Eagles sign them, will they have their best year in their career? They probably reached their plateau and while they may be coming down, they certainly haven't bottomed out. And if it's only a slight drop-off, it could be considered an upgrade for the Eagles. Tell me if they have a chance at any of these three players, one at each of the three positions I mentioned. You know, since he got released the other day, I've been on the Jarvis Landry bandwagon. I still like the guy. He's, again, not a young guy, probably a one-year contract, but that's what I think he's going to get around the league. But would the Eagles be willing to jump into at a certain number, like upwards of eight to ten million for a one-year wide receiver deal for a guy like Jarvis Landry? I think if it comes down to that number, yeah, I I think they would be in on that. 
I, I think uh, one year, I think that's a good contract, Jody. I think if that's the market, I think they would certainly entertain it. And remember, you have the other end, though. You know, this Jarvis, who's used to getting the football a lot, want to play here in this offense. So it's kind of a two-way equation. But the way you laid it out, one year, one year, eight, nine million, somewhere in that range. Yeah, that's that's exactly the type of contract that they would give a player. Since Howie Roseman just got his three-year contract extension, congratulations, Howie. Here's what you got to be able to do. You got to be able to sell. And even if it flies in the face of last year's stats, you have to be able to sell to a wide receiver. We have faith in Jalen Hurts. Nick Sirianni really wants to throw the football. Jeffrey Lurie really wants to throw the football. Yeah, last year we didn't throw the football much, but we get you, big guy. Oh, my God, are we going to throw the football? Well, well mean, that's what Howie Roseman's – that's his job. That's what he just got a three-year contract extension for, is to be able to sell iced Eskimos. The assumption there is the other side is a bunch of dummies. The assumption there is like who else is in the equation? Okay, if 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 a forty five hundred yard pass, four thousand yard passer, forty five is a lot. But if a four thousand yard passer comes into the equation in a, another city, what 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 do you think? They're dummies. Well, I mean, uh, the, 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 you know, the, the whole selling ice to Eskimo cliche is you're taking advantage how, of How the hell was Jalen Hurts the 17th-ranked quarterback in the league this past year? Because you and I have both quoted that number for pro football focus. That means there's 15 other teams who have a um, shittier quarterback than Jalen Hurts. If he was number 17, how was he 17 if the Eagles never throw the football? Because the, the, the attributes of... Jalen Hurts are more than just throwing the football. And arguably his biggest attribute is not throwing the football. He's so effective with his movement skills before. And give me these two real quick, but I want to say Aaron Wilson real quick. Saints are working hard to convince Deshaun Watson to waive his no trade clause for them. Per league sources, decision is expected to ultimately come down to Saints versus Falcons. Um, it's coming to a head, still no Eagles. So if he pops his head up at the very last minute and says, hey, welcome to Sean Watson to Philadelphia, Godspeed to Howie Roseman, and then, yeah, Jarvis Landry would come here immediately. Any chance to do that. All right, the, the, quickly, the uh, corner that I want to ask you about, he's kind of become a forgotten man. We're not that far removed when Stefan Gilmore was the best cornerback in the National Football League. Had a falling out in New England, ended up getting traded to Carolina, didn't do much there either, but he's back on the open market. You got any interest in Stefan Gilmore? And I don't even know what his number would be because he did go from like maybe the best corner in football to a guy who's not even talked about all that much. You have interest in Stefan Gilmore corner for the Eagles? Boy, I would have interest, but I can't imagine he's not. And I know typically, you know, if you're getting big money, you're going to get big money right away. I I still think he's going to get big money. And I still think that the Eagles are not going to be in that conversation. Okay, I've, I've heard 49ers. I've heard Raiders. I've heard even some Jody Mack Jets. Um, I think he's going to be too expensive for the Eagles. All right, fair enough. And the other guy I want to talk about, we we, we talked about 
Boston Scott going to the Giants that way he can't score touchdowns against them. I know he was hurt last year. He didn't have a good year when he played, and he missed more than half of the season. But I've always been a Jabril Peppers fan. And he's another one of those guys who isn't the perfect fit guy. Hell of an athlete, had certain attributes that you really like from your safety. Hell of a tackler and can get up the field as well, but not a great cover guy. If Jabril Peppers is healthy, should the Eagles be interested in him as a safety? Well, you know, how much do you believe in Epsi, my guy Epsi? I mean, Epsi is a strict, pure, free safety. In other words, he's going to play single high. He's going to play cover two. He's a coverage guy, not a box safety. So from that standpoint, it fits because then you would want the the box safety uh, to complement the, the, the coverage safety. So from that standpoint, I, I would see a fit, and that's a guy you could probably get on a one-year deal. So as things trickle down, uh, yeah, I mean, he would make some sense, especially – and they like Marcus Epps. That's real. So if they're going to go, yeah, Marcus Epps is going to be one of our safeties, um, then you need that type of player. So I could see that fit mm-hmm. from a schematic standpoint. A couple of names you can keep an eye on for the next 22 hours. Because that's when we're back here. I don't know how many green beers McMullen's going to have today. I'm going to have at least one. I can guarantee you that. Uh, Happy St. Patrick's Day to everybody. Um, We will be back in 22 hours. You good, McMullen? You're going to make it through St. Patrick's Day? I don't know what time, but the Eagles are going to announce officially Hassan Reddick today. Is he Zooming? Uh, No, we got to go down there. Zoom. uh, I, I don't know if you know, Jody, but COVID is over. So, boom, done. We got to go. If, no if you Zoom. say so, no more tests for you? I didn't say so. I they, they, They've said so. It's over. It's done. It's declared okay. over. What the NFL says goes. Yeah, that's true. The, NFL. It's the CDC or the world. No. NFL. So they, they do dictate a lot of things. All right. And I dictate. We'll be back here on Birds 365 in two and two. If you missed any of today's show on the Jacob Media channel, listen to the podcast on your way home. Available on YouTube, Apple, and Spotify.